Hi, my name's Amanda Trout and welcome to Reality Arts Podcast. Each week I will bring you a different insight and inspiration about art, creativity and arts in health. Join me as we step out of our comfort zones, unwrap those hidden gems and move forward in our creative purpose. You're listening to Reality Arts, helping you to increase your creativity and unlock your hidden talents. Hello and welcome. Today is Wednesday and it's the Arts and Wellness Wednesdays. Welcome. Thank you for joining me. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just getting myself more comfortable. We're live and direct from my home as normal. But um, so you, because we're at my home, you might hear some of the background noise, like the dog might decide it's, it's sensed something outside and decide to run after it or squeeze himself through the door and bark furiously anyway at the moment he's kind of pacing around like a soldier so you might hear the little clip 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 of his toenails against the tile floors anyway so it's amanda your host and i'm so glad you joined me and today we're talking all things well i'm talking all things arts and health and i'm going to tell you a bit about myself and my arts in health journey over the past few weeks i've been sharing interviews with um, artists who attended the CAFA art fair in March and one of the questions I asked them was how they felt that the arts impacted on their health and most well every single one of them could see the the relevance of the arts and how it does impact on our health and how it's something that they couldn't do without as well as you know uh, impacting on the community that they either live or work in so i am a mixed media artist working with a variety of different materials and it depends on how I feel I sometimes work with clay fabric paint I recently found pastels and it's just been an amazing uh, 100 days doing the 100 day project and I um, as a mixed media artist I've always been involved well, for the last 10, 15 years, I've always been involved in the arts and health in some way. I also blog, I run this podcast, I've been doing it for a year now, and currently run three episodes each week. I, as you know, as a blogger, I'm writing and I write uh, for some arts and health pamphlets I have done in the past for Um, the Alzheimer's Association in Barbados and I'm an online teacher I teach online art classes usually collaborative and I'm branching out so as time goes on I'm going to be branching out and releasing some of my own classes as well so I a bit about me in terms of my background, I completed a degree in complementary therapies and I went to the University of Westminster and that was another amazing time. I was a mum and I was at uni and I was working so it was like full on kind of trying to juggle and just make things work. And I specialised in nutrition and massage therapy and I saw that the benefits of eating a diet that 
um, a natural diet, a plant-based diet, a healthy diet, drinking lots of water and thinking about your body in a holistic way was something that had its benefits. And I also you know, saw that how touch therapy, massage therapy, the use of essential oils could also impact on the health and well-being. And I could clearly see the link between diet, health and well-being. And alongside this, I was painting, I was complaining about not having enough time to do my art and creativity. Um, And still, you know, in the end, at the end, you know, you find the time where you can snatches of time. And I also wrote about art and creativity, but I also wanted to explore the impact of creative activities on health and well-being. And my journey into the arts and health increased after my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Well, it kind of started, I guess, um, maybe two years after she was diagnosed and I started to look after her for um, more intensively rather than, you know, you you know that something's wrong but you can't quite put your finger on it and then mum starts to repeat herself and the, the in terms of the the stages of Alzheimer's um and it was two years when I after I'd started to kind of really spend a lot more time to looking after mum and you know, thinking about my creativity. And living in the UK at the time, I was making the transition to um, a self-employed artist. And I was driven to look at meaningful ways that art could impact on my mum initially and on myself. And it it was something that, you know, I hadn't thought about sharing it with other people or looking to research, um, as to how I could, you know, help other people. And it was just literally, how do I find the time to do a creative activity, find something for mum to do that's more than her just sitting in front of a TV and, you know, having the the, the mental benefits and the social benefits, um, but also, you know, alleviate the pressures that dealing with a disease, an unpredictable one, can have on the family as a whole so by chance I was you know there with mum at the dining you know kitchen table and I said to her if she wanted to do some art and she would normally say no but this time I said to her you know do you want to do some art and she said well what do you want me to draw and so I got grabbed this picture from a magazine and you know I had I had some supplies with me just some a few supplies and I said try this and she just got on with it and I was just like amazed and an hour and a half later mum was still there drawing and it was just like this is an amazing find I was shocked and she was enjoying herself and it was just like I found a new activity this is so cool you know as well as me enjoying art myself it was something that I could enjoy with her and that was something that we never had it was just like um I think I started 
doing art in my 20s and it was just like so when I was younger I mean I did it at school was encouraged at school but it wasn't something I did while I was at home and my parents certainly didn't you know see me or you know express any kind of encouragement about uh, the creative arts and so yeah when when I asked her and she was just like going for it was just like an amazing feeling and as the the, the time went on I gave my mum more and more creative things to do I was making stuff I made kind of leather kind of um, recycled shakers music you know things and got her to do things and it was just like finding creative activities to pass the time with her was actually a really lovely thing for me to do and I realized that art could play a big part in working with those who had physical or mental health challenges, including those um, whose illnesses caused mental distress for themselves and those who cared for them. I knew that art could impact and have benefit, you know, have benefit for people from all walks of life because it was, we, we know that even when you are not necessarily, you know, you don't necessarily have an illness, how a creative activity can make you feel good. You go to an art gallery, you see the imagery, you spend time relaxing or you take part in an art activity and it has proven health benefits. And I thought, well, if this can do, if it can do that for generally, for us generally, then why not those who have got illnesses? It can have a therapeutic effect in ways that we just are not able to understand clearly, but we can see some of the results of how it can impact and things that we can do. And and therefore act as a preventative measure. So I started doing my own research and training. I was taking courses. I was looking at ways to develop workshops and training that could impact on the health and well-being of the participants, whether they presented with a health challenge or not. And I asked, it was just like, this was another thing that I did. I I asked just as an off-the-cuff thing to a daycare centre manager that my mum went to um and I asked the manager and I said you know would you be interested in me running some art art sessions art workshops and she was just like yeah yeah that could work and six months went on and I it wasn't that she didn't approach me it was just like I began to get scared I was just like oh my gosh um how's this gonna you know how's this gonna go because the, the only person I'd had um any experience of dementia was with my mum and one of the it was almost I guess you might call it a selfish reason but mum going to the daycare centre I really wanted to keep an eye on her and I thought well if I did art workshops then maybe I can keep an eye on her see what's going on you can almost be like a fly on the wall because you you when they see you there and you're a member of staff you kind of blend in and they would act differently as if I'm not saying they did but, you know, they would maybe forget that you're there as a, um, as a carer or as a family member of, you know, one of their um, 
clients and you know they might slip up so that was you know that was partly one of my kind of motivations but when I got there you know everybody worked very hard and they worked with limited resources they um, you know went did as much as they could over and above what they were expected to do so I you know asked and you know started to run the art and creativity workshops and they had a varying degree of dementia and other conditions like Parkinson's and over a three-year period I had these sessions we saw the growth each month I would have themes on you know the just different themes that we would work to and I found that because one of my one of the stipulations that I was given was that at the end of each week there has to be so I would do one session a week so at the end of each week for that particular day there had to be a finished product at the end so whatever I was doing you know whether it was I mean I got round it by there was a finished product at the end but we would work on a theme for the month so rather than having to come up with 52 different themes we had a lot more time to work on parts of so there was something always to finish at the end of each week and it was really great because then I was able to have exhibitions at the daycare center I always had artwork up by the people who participated I treated the session like it was a um it's like they just dropped in at a cafe so they had you know something to drink they had music and it was just relaxed atmosphere where they were all taking part in this creative activity um some were ta- actually taking part, others were kind of sitting there watching them take part and just chiping, you know, ch- chiping, chiming in with, oh, that's lovely, dear, you know, why don't you use this colour or why don't you use that colour? And so it was nice for the participants as well as the people who were just watching. They wanted to be part of it, but they didn't, they, you know, had the reasons for not wanting to say, you know, pick up, you know, the art material and do it, but they were they were happy with just you know sitting there and and being a viewer and i also alongside this presented a local radio show and i was talking about um creativity and the positive health benefits and collaborated with other artists and through the work at the daycare center i got to speak at a lot a lot of conferences and workshops about the benefit of creative activity. Now, there has been quite a lot of research done on the impact on arts and health across the board, especially in the UK and the USA and Australia and some other um, countries in Europe. And it's not just only the visual arts, but dance, theater, music, storytelling, and more. So it's the arts across the board, music therapy, sound therapy, movement. And it's been used in different health environments. So in hospitals, homes, centers, waiting rooms, where both um, it's for both staff and visitors and patients and they're being impacted impacted in a really positive way. So if you go to, I think, Bart's Hospital, um, 
you'll see um, also, um, oh my gosh, the name of the hospital, Park Royal. The hospital in Park Royal, in um, they've got, you know, uh, the corridors have art on them, um, the corridors, yeah, are on the walls, and there's loads of hosp- um, hospitals that realise that the arts have a positive impact for the patients who are in hospital. And it not only impacts on the patients, but those who are also active and passive participants. So in the same way that I found at the daycare centre, those who took part in the art activity and those who were just viewers both came away with some positive outcomes. We've seen in stroke patients, in children, geriatric and cancer wards, we found that art and creative activities help patients deal with the emotional stress. Arts, the arts have a way of providing um, a form of expression that you may not be able to verbally Uh, communicate how you're feeling or what you're going through or the isolation that you might feel and art and color is often used to design interior public and outdoor spaces we've seen again in hospitals where you know in in dentist waiting rooms or dentist waiting rooms (laughs) and doctors waiting rooms in hospital like um yeah in hospitals where certain colors would be used in my dentist there i mean it's it's just a picture but it's a picture of I think there's a picture in one of the rooms when you look up there's a picture of a dolphin I mean this is just you know very simple um effect and then on the in in another waiting room there's sort of like you're looking into a garden um it's an image of a garden and so that you know even as simple as that just a picture will have a positive impact on the clients that use the service and um and also think about the staff that use the the facilities day in day out how that also has a positive impact it's also been identified with providing solutions and as a means of prevention to those who previously would have been prescribed antidepressants anti sorry antidepressants or it's been shown as an outlet for people who are isolated or feel lonely so as I said before you know where you're taking part in a creative activity it brings together people who may not necessarily have come together before and um, I further enhanced my training with a series of courses that led me to work on a social enterprise that supported, engaged and encouraged the community to, you know, or to find where these people who um, were often, the people who were isolated who may not go to the library, say, and pick up a leaflet, how do you reach these people? So we had to look at research and do the research for ourselves in setting up a social enterprise. So mine involved, you know, art workshops, and it then, as I said, led to doing the workshops at the Dementia Centre. 
but it's how do you reach people? How do you reach, I would never have normally been able to reach people with dementia if I just said, you know, started at a community centre and said, you know, here's a workshop for the elderly with dementia, but I went to the place where they were. So where do, where do we, how do we reach these people who, who need the services um, but may not be in your typical places? I also looked at how to use reminiscence in a creative way. So creative reminiscence, using arts and creativity as a tool to look at um, the different cultures. So different cultures would um, relay or respond to different things in different ways. It would bring up specific memories for them, dependent on what you were doing, different seasons, different cultural practices. And these th- these are things that you wouldn't necessarily normally find, say, at a daycare centre. I mean, the one that I did the art workshops at was a mixed group, but a lot of the resources were aimed at European elderly who, you know, you know, you talk about um, who would have, you know, different, say, you know, people that they could relate to or, you know, when they look back in in time or there was one particular resource that looked at, you know, famous people. And so all the people, there were no kind of Caribbean based people or black people or people from any other culture. So it was how do you also look at Um, creating resources that are culturally appropriate so that the memories of one say from the Caribbean you could pick up on you know different events that may have happened when they were young or you know festivals or you know just different events that they make the wind rush um, so things like that that you could then identify and use as a creative tool and I also did work on mental mental well-being impact and looked at how we could measure the impact of the work that we do and for a lot of arts and health organizations that we we have to prove to get funding you have to prove that your activity has has you know can bring down say blood pressure or have an impact and and what we can show is we you can't show you can't really show in one or two sessions you have to show over a period of sessions but what normally happens is that the the sessions are short-lived because it may be limited funding or you know the value isn't seen and so the services that get cut immediately are the ones that they think well you know the arts that's no you know you don't need to um focus on that but these are the things that if you've got people who are say on antidepressants you may be able to impact their um health and well-being because they may they might feel isolated and lonely and not be able to express themselves and so you get them doing an art activity over a period of time and then you measure things like their blood pressure their you know you get them to fill out a questionnaire before they arrive and then after at the end of the session and I would always recommend that you know a minimum of 12 weeks if not more over a period of time that 
you can then see proven benefits that you could measure. And, and so one of the things that um, this organization had come up with um, was ways in which you could measure how the project was doing. And one of the main ways was, you know, the questionnaire that you would fill out and you'd ask different questions, you know, about how they felt when they came, how they feel when they, you know, um, how do they feel that the impact of the activity has had on their, you know, well-being, um, how are they feeling now, you know, and they'd get like a, um, a multiple choice kind of answers and then you'd go through it and then have a score point and then that's you know some of the some of the ways that you could you could measure that as well as things like taking their blood pressure you know have a nurse um available that would come and you know take blood pressure and then they could do the particular readings and so again yeah they were different ways in which you could measure so i created a series of uh cremin creative reminiscence programs that included music art and discussion in a relaxed atmosphere and this is what we um this is what i did with the the elderly who were living with dementia and um followed on not only working with those with dementia but their carers and other workers in the healthcare environment you're listening to reality arts helping you to increase your creativity and unlock your hidden talents so I also had the opportunity to do a series of training seminars in France and Norway. So it was a colour therapy conference in both. Um, one was in 2008 uh, for the France in Reims um, colour therapy. And it brought together researchers from all around Europe to talk about the work that they were doing. And so one of the things I spoke about was the impact that I found on the elderly elderly living with dementia from arts and health and it was really great and I did the same in Norway and it was really great to meet other people who were either you know doing art research some of the um, research they were doing was really obscure and I had, there was one guy who did um, the color changes in green beans when they're boiled <laughs> and it was just like okay um, and lots of different using technology and color and the impact and it was great and I was also involved in a project called Community Health Lab and this is where we looked at arts on prescription you know we connected with doctors and our remit was to show how effective a creative activity could be on improving the lives of the hard to reach communities so the program included movement, included horticulture and art therapy, and we received funding to, you know, get artists in to run the workshops, find ways of reaching the harder to reach community and provide the materials that they could do a series of six workshops. And as I say, you know, I, I felt that you really could see the benefit after 12 weeks of weekly activity. But, um, you know, you worked with what you had and so we were still able to see some of the effects. And we were able to show through monitoring their blood pressure and weight and general mental health questionnaires 
at the beginning and the end of the program, as I said. And um, it definitely showed improvement. And one of the biggest things that I took away was how people came to the project feeling isolated, feeling lonely, and they left having met a group of people that they could continue their relationship with. You know, if they weren't meeting at um, the project that we were doing, they were meeting in other places. So what we could also then do is say, okay, well, whilst the project for you has come to an end, we can um, refer you or show you other places. Like, so there may be another workshop doing horticultural therapy, or, you know, we did it in um, a city farm. So they had workshops go in there as well on an ongoing basis. So that was something that once they've attended ours, they can continue coming to a place that they're familiar with. And that's, you know, something that I found that is really important that there are services that are established and, you know, a lot of them, um, it takes using a space creatively. It takes, okay, how can we double up on what is already here and provide extended services that other people can use. Like you think about, you know, I mean, I don't know whether places like Kew Gardens or, you know, some of these, you know, big parks, um, what was the other other place called, um, Hampton Court, whether they, you know, they charge for visitors to come in, but whether there's a community arm where they have open days where the community can come in and run, there may be, I'd have to, you know, you'd have to look it up and see. Um, art therapists have been recognised in the NHS and they work in all areas of health and combined with a large number of artists who use art as a therapeutic tool. So that's where I fall, fall into it. I work, use art as a therapeutic tool. I use art journaling. I use, you know, painting, sculpture, um, think, working with fabric. And I guess that's, that forms the basis of all the work that I do. Um, even the work that I'm, you know, creating for myself, the artwork that I create, and um, you know, exhibit. There's elements of that therapeutic practice that you have to do when you're creating the piece of art. So if you think about something that has to be stitched and you're using beading and seed beads, which are really tiny, and that you know, regular kind of activity kind of stills you because it's not something that you can just dash it on and get it done you have to take your time to get pieces finished and that's something that I incorporate in a lot of my pieces where there are elements where this is something that requires a lot of detail and so you have to slow down so I set up reality arts I've been you know, using uh, reality arts, and I call it creativity for change. And um, recently it's um, to unlock your hidden talents, um, get involved with a creativity, uh, a creative activity and unlock your hidden talents. And it's about engaging, encouraging and inspiring individuals to use art and creativity and to bring about a change in their health. Whether you've decided that that's what you're doing, you know, consciously, it's something that you think about that is going to be an intrinsic part of the creative activity. 
And I feel it's important that we connect and impact in communities. And with the daycare centre, I was really um, excited to see the work that it was the uh, manager at the time, Helena. She involved local school children to come in on a regular basis and work with the elderly living with dementia. And so there were many intergenerational art projects that went on. And um, getting people from different generations to work with each other and share their experiences is really important. And the elderly feed off the energy of the younger people. And then you get the exchanges of wisdom, understanding, knowledge, um, and lots of laughter. And I'm very passionate about creativity and getting people involved in some way. And I would say that we are all creative. You know, you, you hear people say, oh yes, I haven't got a creative bone in my body. I can't draw a straight line with a ruler. And it's just like, I don't believe you. Um, I think we can all do something creative, but for some people it gets suppressed at a very young age. Art is a tool in which we can use to communicate, we can tell our stories and we can share these stories visually that talk about our own journey. So I do use art as a therapeutic tool, as I say, and I believe that the creative process is very important. It's very important and everyone can get involved in some way, even if it is just to visit an art exhibition or go and see a play or an open air event. When we have access to the arts across all levels of society, we can see the positive impacts on communities and lives. We hear about the stories, the traditions, the old wives' tales, the stories that Granny used to tell, and it helps bring the different generations, as I said, together of a community. And more and more with the elderly feeling isolated, being, you know, um, families separating, moving away from the elderly, you've got so many people that are feeling isolated within a community neighbors don't know each other um and you know a lot of people you know with families they may emigrate so the elderly are there left you know in uh you know wherever they may live in in Barbados um I find that you speak to a lot of the elderly whose you know children are either living abroad in the states or the UK or um, and if they don't have a network of people or if their siblings, as the elderly, their siblings have all passed on and the younger ones are kind of, because they've not seen, you know, the grandchildren are abroad um, and there is no kind of cohesive linking up of the elderly from groups or, you know, for them to, uh, those people who were, I guess those people who may be, you know, at home alone, home alone, or, you know, find it difficult to go out and mix with others. It's those, those people that we really kind of need to have the services reinstated, that they can feel part of the community and they can, they can see the value that they have. They can share the wisdom and the understanding and the knowledge that they have. You're listening to Reality Arts, helping you to increase your creativity and unlock your hidden talents.
So developing art programs can have several benefits and art programs have powerful results that can impact and have a positive impact on physical health, mental health, and also helps improving social functioning. Art and creativity act- activities, it's important for our development. So we see that in the young. And for the older adults, it's vitally important that there is a continued emphasis on helping them keep active and mentally mentally stimulated and where they may not be able to verbally... <laughs> where they may not be able to verbally express themselves, they may be able to do that through working with art and creativity. Involvement in programs that calls on older adults to participate is getting them to share their knowledge and wisdom, as I said, and the stories, and it's been shown to impact on their health. And it encourages older adults to maintain their independence and decrease the feelings of depression and loneliness. Reminiscence is a way of calling the past the present mind, particularly positive events, people or places. And it improves the older adults outlook on the present by increasing socialization and self-esteem, improving communication skills, reducing isolation and anxiety. And you can incorporate other things, several different parts of the spectrum of the arts into your reminiscence activity. So you could, you know, be listening to music, telling stories, looking at photographs. It stimulates um, the participants to resurrect these memories and focus on the things that remain, you know, for a lot of people with dementia and dementia is the blanket term and Alzheimer's is one of those uh, that fall under the dementia umbrella. It's their long-term memory that, that is, is intact. And, you know, over time, their long-term memory, you know, fades. But you can still tap into things that they would still remember. So the arts can contribute to communicating, building a sense of identity and strengthening social networks in communities and that has to be something that we value the arts helps create elder friendly communities it keeps them involved it keeps them sharing their story their wisdom their viewpoint and older adults are able to thrive and function regardless of their ability so there are many you know, so many ways in which art and creativity can impact on the health of an individual and not just in an art session, but also within the environment. And we've said, well, I've said, you know, in health organisations, in departments, at workplaces, a lot more places, even here in Barbados, where, you know, the central bank has got uh, a floor where there is art in some of the meeting rooms. You know, they've got an art collection. Um, There's 
another bank, Republic Bank. I've got my art in Republic Bank. There's, it's a group show. And so the, the um, clients that come in, come in to pay your bills or to, you know, withdraw something out of your bank or to see the bank for something. And you're standing in the queue, which is, you know, quite often long, but you're looking at artwork by local artists. Okay, I'm not so local, but (laughs) I'm local to Bridgetown. And, um, you know, it's very important. There's an organisation with... um, initiatives called uh, paintings in hospitals so they have a collection of artwork by artists that the hospitals can hire and um, you know lease for a, a period of time and so rather than have the expense of buying particular artworks they can have a rolling program of of art that comes in um, they also have initiatives where artists come and do, uh, you know, residency and create art involving members of the public or, you know, visitors or patients in the hospital as well. So that's um, something, you know, especially in hospital waiting areas as well, music recitals, which help in lifting the spirits for people who've come in for kind of quite worrying or traumatic um, diagnosis or, you know, to see a particular doctor over a certain thing. And so these things help ease the their spirits and ease their feeling of worry and there are many other initiatives that have been promoted we have here the argentina embassy working with local artists and they have a monthly rolling program of either group exhibitions or um solo exhibitions and there are more and more organizations both you know around the world that see the value of working with artists or having artists work up in their establishments and the impact that that can make on the people who not only work there but also have to visit the organization one of the other things i do is run an online network for nhs organizations who want to connect with other like-minded organizations who are developing work in the arts and health and i work with other artists creating and developing art workshops which look at ways in which we can encourage the community using art art journaling and art as a therapeutic tool to working on a deeper level that would improve their health and well-being and it's really important for me in terms of this online arts and health um, network because there are individual artists as well that connect art therapists who connect who say you know I, I want to do some work using art and I can then marry them up with organizations or I can give them advice about specific hospitals that they can you know or homes that they can you know do some um you know, workshops in. And so they're building up their, you know, experience, but also providing, you know, um, initiatives for, you know, the care homes who may not be able to afford to pay for um, a particular activity, but it's it's something that, you know, they can volunteer. There are volunteer programs run by many homes and artists then can, you know, go in do their work, you know, 
and impact on the residents and the staff at the care homes in a really positive way. I run art and creativity workshops and seminars helping organizations to look at their own programs um, for the staff and the local community and just things, you know, just simple workshops where we maybe create something or we look at recycled materials, say, you know, look at the material we chuck out and how can we create something, use this to create, you know, to do a creative activity that will provide some value. And so using materials where you can create an art journal, that is something that you can then go back into and do some creative work. I create videos of art processes, health and gardening. I've got YouTube channels and I'll leave all the links to um, the areas that I'm in. And this is extended over social media where I work with artists. I've got um, programs where I'm a creative encourager. And if you want to work with me, you know, you can do so on a monthly basis and I provide um tools and tips that you can get yourself into a, the, the next stage of your creative work. Or it might be that you just want to spend some time on a monthly basis as a, a carer, you know, spending time with an artist. So I do, you know, a lot of online stuff where, you know, we can gather on Zoom or Google Hangouts or whatever platform and we spend an hour doing a creative activity. It might be that you've got work as an artist that you want to finish or a course you want to finish. And it's just like, a, again, just as I said, a creative encourager that will get you to the place that you, you know, you want to finish this course, but you need somebody there with you who, you know, I'd be working on something as well and I'll check in on them and um, motivate them to, you know, move to the next stage if they've got things that they're not quite sure of or materials they want to learn how to use. Having that one-to-one or the group, you know, gathering is really good. You know, a lot of these live, you know, streams. I've not yet done a live stream, but that will probably be one of the next things because it's a great, a great way for people to come together and connect. And it also helps with those people who may be shut in because of illness or, you know, they're a carer and so they, you know, they they don't have the support around them to be able to, you know, go out to a course. And so they can tune in to, you know, a half hour live feed or a half hour one to one where they can get that exchange and, you know, come away feeling motivated. I did quite a bit of work when I was in the Um, when I first came to Barbados with the Alzheimer's Association here and they do a lot of work working with carers and working with people with um, living with dementia and they run yearly seminars and participation programs which is something that you know if you wherever you are you need to equip yourself with information and knowledge and understand um, what the situation is because more and more people are going to be affected by illnesses, you know, by dementia, 
it's affecting the whole communities. It's not, it's not just the person who is living with it. It's the family member who's caring. It's the extended family. It's the children. It's the community who loses that person now who, who where they may not be able to work or the people who relied on them, you know, to carpool and now, you know, they, they can't do that. So the dementia, having dementia impacts on the community as a whole. Um, it's not just that one one person and um, yeah so it's important that you attend wherever you can get information and um, understanding of the illness but also how you can get involved more in creative activities I also started a gardening I started a gardening YouTube channel I um realize the benefits of the creative activity and um, horticultural therapy and that's something that I, I talk about I don't talk about horticultural therapy but I talk about spending time in the garden looking at working with natural fibers eco dyeing and things that you can do outside and I will be running a series on how the gardening can impact on your health and well-being So there's a wealth of information that, you know, I share, I connect with others, and it's amazing to see how something that, you know, it doesn't necessarily need that many tools or supplies that you can do. And we often think, you know, no, I have to go out and buy all these products. But very often we have many of the tools around our home. And so, you know, I'd love, I'd love you to be able to access more things that you actually, you know, you're probably looking at stuff around your home and um, it's something that you can use as a creative activity. So that's a bit about me. <laughs> 48 minutes worth or so. And, and so that, that's really kind of like my background in a nutshell. And there's many things that I've been doing since then. Um, I've just spanned like, you know, 20 years of work into, into that. But it's important that it's important that we see art as an effective tool. It is an effective tool. It's, it's the way that we view it. It's not now for those, only those people who can afford to be collectors. Having art around our environment, in public spaces, in public places, public art, it impacts on the whole community. Um, just like there's uh, in um, London by, it's near Gospel Oak, I think, Gospel Oak, is it? Um, they have like a, a traffic calming area where you have to drive at 20 miles an hour. And it's amazing that feeling from driving to 30 how slow it feels driving at 20 miles an hour. And what they've shown is that there's less accidents. It doesn't stop there being accidents, but there are less accidents. And then the impact of, you know, somebody being knocked over by a car is less than if the car was coming at them from speed. So having art, owning art, making art more accessible, you know, as artists, 
many artists try and make their work accessible by doing prints or creating other merchandise that means that you know somebody who loves a particular painting who may not be able to spend thousands of pounds or dollars on it can have a print or can have it on a journal and it's something that they can carry around with them it makes it more accessible or even on a their mobile phone cover who knows but um yeah i think it's important that you spend time being creative and i hope you can connect with me i will leave links i'm just working through the um working through the creative encourager and I will have some information up for you and if you want to have a free 30 minute session you can book and spend time chatting with me and talk about the creative activities that you're doing what you want to do um you get two free sessions and if you want to if you know if you've if you've found that helpful and you want to continue work then you know there's a monthly fee but you know you can have you have like an hour's worth of you know talking about what inspires you what things you want to work on materials you might want to try or just you know have a chat about um the creative activities that you've always loved um doing courses that you've brought that you want to tackle um that have been i think we're we're all guilty of that you know having courses signing up for courses and not doing them so yeah i'm i'm thankful that you joined me and i'm thankful if you've got to this point that you have been blessed and that you can see some areas in which the arts can impact on your health and well-being and you actually start doing something about it and that could just be getting yourself a sketchbook and just doodling it doesn't have to be i've got to draw a masterpiece it could be as simple as let me do some doodles so um and i have got a video of doodling on my youtube channel so check check out some of the links that i've left in the program notes and i look forward to speaking to you next week um i will probably be looking at some of the arts and dementia activities that i've done or that can be done and you'll have some um, downloadables and things that you can take away if you're a carer please do connect with me and i'll be running a lot more um videos that you can access and um, work through yourself so thank you so much for joining me and i will see you soon you're listening to reality arts helping you to increase your creativity and unlock your hidden talents thank you for listening to this week's podcast you can check me out on my blog or youtube channel for more creative insights videos and reviews. Stay blessed and be a blessing.